Marcus Allen, the wide mm-hmm. receiver from the University of Wisconsin, said, you know what? Paul Chris was just fired. I'm buried on the depth chart. Can't really see the field. I'm going to use this opportunity, the 30-day window, to decommit from the Badgers, to transfer out, go elsewhere. I'm actually going to say it was the other way around. I'm buried on the depth chart. Paul Chris was just fired. I have 30 days. Yeah, here's my excuse to leave. I agree with that, but here's what happened. He used that excuse to leave and then left. <laughs> and then he was uh, committed to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, November 28th. And then, boys, what happened? Well, Jim Leonard did not get the head coaching job for the University of Wisconsin. It went to one Luke Fickle. Yep. And then November the, uh, 7th. announcement was made that Phil Longo yep. was coming to the – well, uh, Also that day. P.J. Fleck got an extension. Yeah, P.J. Fleck gets an extension. Phil Longo, who was bringing a type of air raid offense to Wisconsin, was said, you're going to be the O.C. Let's go with Luke Fickle. Mm-hmm. Guess what Marcus Allen, the once Badger, now committed to the University of Minnesota, did? Decommitted. He decommitted. He was a On gopher. November 7th. He was a gopher for nine days. Nine times. And nine was he really? Because he's still yeah, in I don't even know if it, finishing out his semester yeah. here. Well, he did tweet out a picture of himself in the, uh, what's it, burgundy and gold? Yeah, I mean, he did. But, but he technically never unenrolled at Wisconsin because he had to finish out the semester. Yeah. He was a, a gopher hopeful for nine days. Well, with the announcement that Luke Fickle's bringing Phil Longo, a, you know, an air raid type offense uh, to Wisconsin, well, Marcus Allen then decommitted from the Gophers, said, I'm 100% open again, and then, and then... Tweeted out a picture of him with his receiver buddies. Yeah, from Wisconsin. The guys who play ahead of him. Yep. (laughs) And insinuated, and it looked like he is coming back to the University of Wisconsin. And then let Jesse Temple know, yes, in fact, I am coming back. Which makes me think the new coaching staff... Invited him back. And then there's this. But wait, there's more. Jack Sitchie. <laughs> Rowdy, three-sack Jack, right? Jack Sitchie, who is on staff with the Badgers for coaching, tweets this out. It has now since been deleted. You probably should say who is currently on staff. Cur- currently on staff. Because that could change. Jack Sitchie tweeted this out after the uh, Marcus Allen coming back. And I quote from Jack Sitchie. Ran the wrong routes consistently, dropped countless passes in game and practice, couldn't take responsibility and enters portal, commit to rival, decommit and expected to be welcomed back. Kids are so soft, it's embarrassing. End tweet Jack Sitchie. Immediately after tweeting that out, Jack Sitchie then deleted it. <laughs> it was up for maybe 11 minutes. <laughs> But guess what? The internet doesn't forget. It was screenshotted. I have the screenshot. Jack Sitchie then went and uh, tweeted this out. There are just some tweets you don't hit send on. After he deleted that tweet I just read you, he tweets this out. Should I have kept my mouth shut? Absolutely. But I care too much about this place to do that. If you think we're going to have any different results from the past two years by welcoming back people who jump ship, think again. End tweet, Jack Sitchie. (laughs) <laughs> wow, Marcus Allen. Did you see the Marcus Allen response? Oh, no. I, I haven't either. Yeah. I'm, now I'm curious. Well, it was up for very briefly. Was I, it a well I buy? do not have a screenshot of it. I think Ben Kenny does. 
but it was essentially now neither of these people, Jack Sitchie or Marcus Allen, name names, but it's obvious who they're talking about. Jack, you mean they are subtweeting? Yeah, Marcus <laughs> Allen tweeted out something along the lines of it's been deleted. It's something along the lines of like they smile to your face, then talk behind your back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then he deleted it, so it wasn't anything too crazy. But it was like they smile to your face and then they talk smack behind your back. I bet Jack Sitchie was talking about like Deacon Hill. He's probably <laughs> was trying Deacon to get Hill back running in. wrong routes. He's probably trying to get back in. <laughs> but yes, boys, a lot of scuttlebutt. A lot of people on Team Sitchy. I'm on Team Sitchy, and I even said when uh, I believe it was RJ uh, sent it to our group chat saying he decommitted, and it's yeah. opened back up. I'm like, don't want him anyways. Yeah. He's good as gone. Well, apparently, the coaching staff, new regime, wants him back. So. It looks like Marcus Allen well, will I mean, be wide I receiver I understand again. why you would want him will, back. Will Jack, let me ask you this. Will Jack Sitchie still be on the staff for Wisconsin moving forward? Probably. There's a more likelihood <laughs> that Marcus Allen is on this roster next year than Jack Sitchie is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And reason being is pretty obvious. Obviously, it's a new regime coming in. They're bringing in the, a lot of their own people. There might not be room for a Jack Sitchie who's basically a Paul Christ holdover. Yeah. And a former Badger that played under Paul Christ had worked under Paul Christ. So it would make sense that he would move on. And honestly, if Paul Christ does get another job somewhere else, if it's a head coaching job, Jack Sitchie and guys like him probably follow Paul Christ if they want to stay well, in a coaching yeah. position. And those guys weren't even coaches. They were, yeah, they were like they were director of player development. They had weird roles. It was like him and uh, what? Uh, Chris Orr. Orr. Yeah, Chris Orr yeah, had like then, a... Um, uh, who's Grid Factory guy? Why am I blanking on his name? But Colin re- Wilder? Yeah, but regardless, it was yeah. like, if they are going to stay working in a capacity in Division One football, it's probably going to be with Paul Christ or under Paul Christ. This regime's going to come in and clean house as they've pretty much have done with most of the staff. Mm-hmm. But I get I get why the, the new coaching staff wants Marcus Allen. I mean, this is a kid that, that uh, flashed a little bit at the end of not this season, but the season prior as a true freshman. We had high hopes for him coming into this year. Him, Skyler Bell, Chimray DK was supposed to be the top three. They bring in, uh, what, Lewis out of UCLA, and he kind of uh, Lewis. stole some reps from Marcus Allen, and then he kind of faded on the depth chart, yep. and you're like, well... Then you kind of watch, and we saw some of the practices leading up to the season and kind of what Jack Sitchie said, some drops in there for Marcus Allen. That's kind of what we saw from some of the, the things in practice where you're seeing Marcus Allen dropping passes and Skylar Bell making one-handed catches every single practice, and you wonder why they went in opposite directions. Now, to play devil's so, advocate, is but this— But you get why he's going to come back, right? There's, he's talented. Yeah. Yeah. He was already recruited by Cincinnati and Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got you know you're the staff that wanted you at Cincinnati now coming to Wisconsin. My question is, to play devil's advocate, I don't think this is true, but maybe it is. Maybe Marcus Allen was so upset about Minnesota getting the axe back that he wanted to do the ultimate troll job and totally punk them and try to embarrass the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I did not think of that. Spin zone. Spin zone. I doubt it, but <laughs> just to throw that out there in the ether. Guys, just saying. If you if you uh, Twitter search Jack Stitchy, uh, there is it's a pretty divided camp. I'd say it more leans 60-40, 60 being Team Sitchy, the other 40% being like, dude, you're an idiot, don't say that. Uh, like the only language Jack Sitchy speaks speaks I mean, is facts. I'm says in, this guy. I'm in the boat of you are correct, but in your position, don't tweet that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another guy. Uh, don't go to Minnesota. They want to come back. Kids are too soft nowadays. Um, y'all are just soft. Sitchy has like, the right mindset. Like I said in our group chat, I bet it was 
PJ just being like, hey, man, so well, so happy to have you. Well, you're great. But it's like, two, it's best. like 3 a.m. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, uh. And then finally, it was like, you know, you score that date. You're on the date. She's clearly into you for that reason that you're on the date. And then you just keep like, man, I can't believe this actually happened. So you're still trying to like do the butter up kind of thing. Yeah. And like she tells you, hey, I'm here. And then you don't really take take the word, and you're still like, man, I'm really punching up a weight class here. This is great. <laughs> and you're like still throwing out the lines, and finally she's like, yeah, yeah. sorry about yeah, that. Sorry. See, I get it. I get, though, why the, the new coaching staff would be interested in Marcus Allen, and I get why Marcus Allen would be interested in actually saying, well, see you, Minnesota. I want to come back to Wisconsin, especially for the position that he plays with the new offense that's going to be incorporated. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the same time, I, well, I understand bye. it from all the point of views from Marcus Allen, from the new coaching staff. I understand Jack Sitchie's point of view. And I, honestly, if I was on the team, kind of agree with Jack Sitchie. But that's where I'm going with it. What do his former and now current again teammates think of this? Hey, they all told him to go be great. I would love to. There's get him. one thing about telling someone to go be great, and then when they do what they do, what you actually feel. I think as soon as he would have chosen Minnesota as a former teammate, I'd have been like, "Double birds, dude. See you later. Deuces. Hope you break your leg." <laughs> as a teammate. As a teammate. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, uh, who's the guy that got kicked off the team for punching someone? Logan Brown. Logan yeah, Brown. Logan Brown. Like a Logan Brown type of situation. Like, hey. that's a like. I'm going to kick you in the nuts. Good luck. <laughs> the nuts. See you, see right you later, bud. See, I don't know if I would go with the leg thing, but <laughs> I, I think I would be like if if he left, it'd be like you would always say to everyone, ah, good good luck, but it'd be like signing with Minnesota. Right. Screw you, dude. No, like, it, it's one of those things, and we've talked about and it And then before. coming back, though, the coming you, back with your tail tucked clearly between <laughs> your legs would be like, Do really? you sell those like, man, I was just trying to troll Minnesota. I was just trying to get P.J. Fleck. <laughs> no, like, no one would believe it's, it. It's one of those, like, being a part of that rivalry. I was just Josh. And you even have guys who are like, hey, I've never, I never knew the Minnesota Wisconsin rivalry was a thing, but when I got here, like, I don't like them anymore. I, like, I can't believe I ever thought of visiting that campus. Well, you, you got know? a bunch of new players in that, then, you no, know. Right. But, like, still, um, hopefully they have somebody who can ingrain that into them. Um, but it, it's one of those, like, I don't understand after being at Wisconsin and granted I was in a couple different coaching staffs and how it's ingrained on yeah like do you think that's that a, it, that's a do you think it impacts a him a little bit to. with his decision making that um he was there for technically two years as a freshman and then what I guess you would consider a redshirt, redshirt freshman. freshman and the Badgers got punked by the Gophers twice <laughs> grass was greener on the other side. I mean, the the the, the, the water the was bluer to row the boat in. One of yeah. the worst Paul Chris coached football games I've ever watched in my entire life. Well, one I know it's it's an it's a Minnesota game. I'm just trying to decide if I want to say the 2018 Minnesota game or the 2021 Minnesota no, it's game. The one that brought but, you back to life, Brody. <laughs> but but it's the, the 2021. 2021 game, the 2021 with the punt. It, I probably would have taken that one, but it's it's a Minnesota game for sure. I don't even. I couldn't even believe what I was watching. It, they were so bad. Yeah, and he and he has only been a part of this team for the last two years. <laughs> but still, when you walk back through those doors, back into the Wisconsin room, 
you gotta have guys looking at you a little different. Oh, you have to. Yeah, totally. And like, if you don't come back, I mean, there's play, even coaches talking about. Yeah, it. but if you don't come back and Grand, play at the level of what Marcus Allen was playing at in the Vegas Bowl, who's gonna take you seriously? You come back here just to stink. <laughs> right. You can come back here just to drop balls. Yeah. Run, I don't care if I they change the you, offense. You run, better run, play run your ass off when you come back here. No one's going to welcome you back in. Right. I mean, again, I'll read the tweet one more time. It's, it's, this is the deleted one. <laughs> Ran the wrong routes consistently. Dropped countless passes in game and practice. Couldn't take responsibility and enters portal. Commit to arrival, decommit, and expect to be welcome back. Kids are soft. It's embarrassing. Fuller messages in and says, Fuller. if I was his teammate, I would call him Goldie for the rest of his career just to remind him every Goldie. day. <laughs> I like that. Hey, Goldie. Transfer portal. Has this opened up the softness of the world in college athletics, especially football? Sure. RJ, you've talked about this. Rowdy, you've talked about this. It's, you know, there's some players that think they are the man and they'll always be the man. And then they get to college and realize... Jesus, there's a lot of other the mans out yeah, there. And then they then they take uh, they listen to Ric Flair. Woo! If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And then they're like, "Well, I am the man." They're like, "But I am the man." And then it turns into yeah. What they want is the alligator. They don't think that no one can hold these alligators down. No. But turns out they were having a hard time. Holding there's other bunch of people down. wanting to be in that private jet, flying, yeah. Rolex wearing, kiss stealing, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. And we're in those alligators, and they're not being held down. I mean, hell, we were talking to Bill Nagy last night, and he's like, you get to the NFL, it's even crazier. Yeah. It's like anyone that thinks that those guys are taking plays off or weeks off, even when they're out of the playoffs, you're out of your mind. We were talking last night off air. Right. Like, you guys are out of your minds. Get he's out like, of your there, mind. There are, these are professionals breathing down your neck every second of the day trying to take your job and feel no remorse over it. Took our jobs. Well, the transfer portal now, I mean, we've seen this with people transferring – what last year only 30 28 to 30 percent found new homes yep that's almost 70 percent of people being like well I, I thought i was the man i got to face a little adversity and not all of them but some of them right i'm gonna go elsewhere to be the man all of a sudden nobody wants me nobody wants to is the transfer portal are we i mean obviously we're entering uncharted waters here yeah. but what do you guys think of the transfer portal and guys that just want to pack their bags up and leave right away i mean mark marcus allen is back with the badgers but when you see a guy leave right away it's like Dude, you need to stick it. I mean, Jim Leonard talked about this when he was the interim coach. He's like, you need to stick it out. Yeah, See, I, I understand. I and that's a good one, too, because CJ gets. Yeah. He, he brought up transfer portal. Yeah. <laughs> I actually understand why some of these guys would want to leave, especially if they're a young player. Maybe they made a commitment to a school. They sat there for a year or two, and, and they're buried on a depth chart, and they're going, okay, well, I'm – I'm here at Wisconsin. I'm buried for my first two years. I don't have a very good shot at playing you know, in the next year or two. I want to transfer out to a Western Michigan, and I want to play. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Or, or like, we'll use Marcus Allen, for example. He struggled, or he, he flashed in year one, struggled in year two, seemed like he was losing more stuff. You know, snaps to Lewis. It seemed like he was starting to become a fourth, maybe fifth receiver on your roster. You're only going to continue to recruit guys. You're you already have guys with about the same amount of eligibility as him. I see him wanting to change. Maybe he wanted to go to more of a passing system, anyways. But you don't come. You don't come crawling back. Like, and I think maybe they should probably put like a a. 
you only get one or two transfers here. You can't just be bouncing around every single year, putting yourself in the portal. You kind of got to, you got to kind of pick a hole and go through it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I believe it's JT Daniels. Who's now on the move from West Virginia. Yep. That dude has <laughs> been on three different teams in three years. He was at, if I remember correctly, Georgia, yep. USC, West Virginia, and now back in the portal. It's wild. Now he had some ex- he had some excuses because it was you could take a red shirt. Then there was the COVID year, so he had a couple extra years of eligibility and transfer stuff. Yeah. But you got to start to cap it. It's like you can only transfer once, maybe twice. Yeah. Because in the, in in reality, I think this just shows that. One, we're still talking about people that are still pretty immature because at this at this point, if you're Marcus Allen, what did he have to gain by putting himself in the transfer portal early where he still had to finish school through you know mid-December yeah. before he could leave to go to Minnesota where he was committed? But at the same time, he already knew the coach – his head coach, Paul Chris, was fired. They would have to hire a new head coach, and he would have had time yeah. before the end of his semester to see who was actually hired. So he didn't necessarily have to go into the portal. He could have sat there, played the rest of the season out, sitting in the same situation he was in, mm-hmm. seeing who they hired. Yep. Oh, snap. They hired Luke Fickle. They hired Nobody. Phil Longo as the OC. I actually want to stay here. It's basically not not jumping to a conclusion right away too early. Yeah. It's it's waiting and seeing what actually happens because now all of a sudden he f- freaks out after Paul Christ is, is fired, wants to put himself in the portal, commits to a rival in Minnesota and then bad, sees who the Badgers hire luck. less than 10 days later. He wants to stay in Madison or at least it appears he wants to stay in Madison. It's a bad look. Yeah, it's bad look, but He's coming back. The staff wants him. We'll see what happens. Dave Essler, our gambler to the stars, coming up. Line one, though. Good morning. Who's this? I'll bet you guys. <sighs> Jesus Christ, man. All right, so. I was going to ask him my podcast question. Oh, when he calls back in, you can ask him because <laughs> you know what he's going to do. Uh, so, let's see here. Talking to Bill Nagy again last night. And, you know, obviously when Bill was playing for Wisconsin, you had to sit out a year if you transferred, right? Correct. And I, I asked Bill, like, Bill, did you ever want to, you know, have an idea transfer? He goes, I think everyone goes through a time in their lives when maybe like, man, you know, I'm having a hard time here, or maybe I, I hit a rough patch for a couple of weeks, or maybe it's not going right in school or friends, or I'm like, you know, someone's, you know, pushing me a little too hard, and maybe I don't think I can beat them out in practice. He's like, yeah, everyone has this little thought in their head every once in a while. Yeah. But he goes, but no, like I wanted to stick it out, see it through, because, you know, I'm a competitor. Also, he goes, it was unheard of. Like you didn't. You didn't want to sit out a year. Yeah. Like it was unheard of the transfer. And if you did, it was some kind of, you know, different kind of situation going on. But he's like, it was unheard of. Yeah. He's like, no, we stick it out. Like you everyone goes through rough patches. That's the part of life. Yeah. It's a part of life. And now you have an opportunity to just bail. You have a flight a fight or flight response. Well, that's why I said the two the two reasons why I would understand transferring is if your coach is is canned mm-hmm. or your coach leaves. And then at the end of that semester, you make the best decision for yourself. Or if you're seeing that you're buried on a depth chart and you want to play and you want to go move down, you want to move down in competition or because we're never really in this situation as a, you know, a show that talks about the Wisconsin Badgers. But imagine if you were a 
kid that was playing at Kent State and you're just completely balling out and you're like, I want to give this a shot at a higher level. I want to go, you know, power five. Yeah. It's either for me, it's either your coach has left and or is fired or you want to go up in competition or you feel like you need to go down in competition. That is why you, you transfer. Yeah. yeah. No, some some situations are different. It's where it's like it's not the fight or flight thing. It's like, hey, I want to go elsewhere because of, you know, insert like it's family thing or it's best for my future, yada, yada. But some of these players, I mean, you were just talking about that one guy's transferred. How many times? JT Daniels has went from, I believe it was Georgia, got beat out there, went to USC, got beat out there, went to West Virginia, got beat out there. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> and and now it's understandable. Why do they keep picking them up? It's understandable at Georgia because they had multiple big time recruited quarterbacks. And weirdly enough, Stetson Bet- Bennett, mm-hmm. the guy that's actually up for Heisman, yeah. I don't really think he's worthy. But anyways, no. walk on. Uh, he was the walk on that won the job between <laughs> him, JT Daniels, and another big time quarterback. Well, w- walked on, left, walked back on. And yeah, and he won over. the job between uh, a four and a five star quarterback. So then he goes out to USC and has another quarterback battle with like four or five star quarterbacks. He plays, but he doesn't completely win the job only to transfer to West Virginia where the quarterback that was playing. And I only watched a few West Virginia games this year because I might have had some wagers on them <laughs> and Green, I don't even remember what, I think it was it Brett or Bryce Green. I Don't even quote me. He was oh, a will. better quarterback, and I want to say he was a walk-on or an, a hardly ever recruited uh, type guy. And JT Daniels sucks. He stinks. <laughs> he stinks. He's he not good, people. He stinks. He stinks. It's like, why? but why does he continue to, to transfer out? Because he's just not good. Yeah. Garrett Green. Garrett Green. Number nine, just not good. running quarterback, still better than JT Daniels. <laughs> uh, let's hear a guy, Grass, Grass Grassed, how did I say your name again, bro? I'm sorry. He said, did Mertz officially go to Kentucky or is it yet? That was just rumors. It's still, it's still the same as it was yesterday. Still like, from sources and we're Some guy who rumors. identifies as a digital producer. Identifies, yeah. That's what for, he said. I know, no, no. That's the quote in the article. Yeah. He identifies as a digital producer for some Kentucky TV station. No. For an, a Mobile, Alabama Sorry, TV Mobile, station. Alabama. Identifies. Yeah, so there's that. But first, it's like the Ohio State, but the gambler to the stars. One handsome man himself. Dave Essler, good morning, Dave. Well, good morning, Evo. How are you? Dave, I have a surprise for you. Let me just do a little music underneath it. Dave, I know you're jealous. Right now... Oh, the weather outside is The snow is coming down and it's coming down hard in beautiful Wisconsin. Would you like to come up and enjoy it with us this weekend? No, sir. Oh. Dave, it's beautiful. <laughs> we, we love the seasons here in Wisconsin. It's nice and white. It's, it's, it's just glorious. You sure? Well, I have to stay here because we're breaking records. What kind of records? Uh, for uh, temperature warmth. <laughs> USOB. <laughs> so it's not how cold or wind chill? No, I need to be part of this. Dave, you don't want to experience. We're in a winter weather advisory right now. You don't want to be a part of this? Come on, man. No, I really, you know, I love you, but not that much. Oh, have you driven in snow before? 
Yes, I have. He's oh, from okay. Boston. Oh, yeah, you are from Boston. I'm sorry, my, my, my apologies on that one, Dave. I forgot you're a Boston man. Hey, Dave. He's just allergic to uh-huh. it. <laughs> you're allergic to the snow. Dave, I have to ask, uh, you are a, the brilliant mind that you are. When you see a trend like this, uh, do you have to go with it? 43-9-1. That's since the 2005 season, the under has gone 43-9-1 in games between Army, Navy, and Air Force. Dave, would you go the under for Army, Navy coming up here at 32 and a half? Um, You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not into trends. I realize that that one's a little lopsided. <laughs> Just a little. But at, <laughs> yeah. At, at some point, though, they, you know, I mean, that's pretty much public knowledge. And at some point, the the books will over adjust, if you will. Um, I don't know if I have the stones to be that guy <laughs> to take the over, but hey. the weather the weather the weather is supposed to be decent. Um, no winter advisories. You know, no, yeah. no, I don't think so. Well, maybe for Maryland, I don't know. Hey, I'm, um, you know who's got stones about that? I'm looking at them right now, and no, I don't have a mirror in front of me. I'm Rowdy. He's got the stones. He did it. Rowdy told it. Yeah, we took the over yesterday in the Army Navy game at thirty two and a half. I think it's an over market correction. Well, I do too, but I thought that for a couple of years and it's been an expensive way to think. So I'll I'll probably sit on the sidelines oh, and, and, and and root for a lot of points. Uh, what are you doing today? I mean, not much going on for college football. I mean, what, uh, what are you doing? For- wow, there's a lot going on for college football. Oh. we got 40, 41 bowl games to work oh, on. Oh, you're prepping. You're prepping. That's right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It, you- it's not easy because you don't have the final list of players that are that are uh, going to opt out. But uh, one I do like that I'll share with you. Oh, please. South Carolina – well, it's plus a field goal now. It was plus five and a half over Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. I, um, Spencer Rattler is going to play for the for Carolina, and he ended the season really, really well. He was balling. He was smoking he, a cigar last yeah, game. I don't know if he's going to come back next year. I think he should. But, you know, Notre Dame has got some opt-outs. I think South Carolina really wants to win this game. Uh, it's in Jacksonville, which is, you know, not a very far drive from Columbia, South Carolina. So, I like South Carolina to win that, so I'll take them with about any points, really. Thank you, Dave. A little nice nugget there, a rattler. And since we're on the the college bowl topic, can you kind of uh, go in depth, I guess, about how you approach betting some of these games? Because I know in the past, if you attack them earlier, normally you got better lines, but because of the transfer portal and bowl season and how it is these days, are you – are you still looking to attack them early in the uh, slate or as long as you can possibly looking at stuff, leading to see who's in, who's out? Well, I think if you don't get them early and you have to have done your homework early, then you have to wait. I mean, you look at your Badgers, the total went from, mm. what, 48 to 43. So if you didn't bet under 48, you're probably foolish to bet under 43. I mean, it may well end up under 43, but that would be a minus expected value bet. So if you didn't get it really early, you actually have to wait or pass. It's 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 tough, and we still don't have the final list of players that are going to opt out. You know, Alabama would be one. I mean, Bryce Young hasn't said anything, but I'm sure Ian Anderson probably won't play, and uh, K-State would love to beat Alabama. So I'm, I think K-State's probably the play. I mean, 
And if, if like a couple of the, of the Alabama offensive linemen opt out, do I want to be Bryce Young? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, bowl season is so intriguing, Dave. I mean, we were just, you know, not betting wise, but looking at Wisconsin, like, it's going to be Miles Burkett, our backup quarterback, because it's like literally the only quarterback we have going against Oklahoma State's like backup backups. Like I'm no, like I don't even know how you do this. Like I don't even know how yeah. you put money down on this game. You know, it's like dude. well, hence hence the move from 48 to 43. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is 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 Fickle going to coach the bowl game? Supposedly, some capacity of supposedly, yeah. Jim you Leonard, his last they, hurrah, you know, is there for Wisconsin as well. Know, do they, does, does he does he try to do something different and uh, maybe air it out a little bit and see what he has on the roster? I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Dave, uh, turn to our attention to something that's still in play, the NFL, the Shield. Dave Essler joining us right now. Beautiful mind, beautiful gambler. Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R on Twitter, pregame.com. Dave, anything out of the, uh, the, the Shield, the league, the NFL that you got a little juicy nugget for us? Um, yeah, this is probably going to be a tough one to swallow, but I like Jacksonville plus four at Tennessee. Mm. Um, you know, I think we're getting a few extra points because the Jaguars didn't do themselves any favors last week at Detroit. Um, but I know their defense is better than it showed up last week. And, and, uh, the Titans, they fired their GM. Uh, they obviously don't have, um, AJ Brown, which is probably why they fired their GM because <laughs> he went off on them. Because he went off on him last week, yeah, he went but crazy. you know Tennessee, Tennessee doesn't have the offense to win by margin, and and I think none of their seven wins have come up, uh, against a team over five hundred. So I think the books are begging for Tennessee money. I mean, you know Jacksonville is playing hard for Peterson, and I think they're having a little bit of fun. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, I look up and down the roster, and I actually think Jacksonville has a better team uh, overall. So I I like Jacksonville on the road as an underdog, which is. You know, maybe borderline suicidal, but that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> hey, speaking of borderline suicidal, did you have any money last night? Rams Raiders. Rowdy, uh, Rowdy was not I turned it off. Rowdy, the turned is not happy. He's not happy. Did you have, did you have anything going yeah. last night? Uh, no, but I did like the Rams, and I told people that. Um, you know, basically because I didn't see the Raiders against anyone with that defense as a seven-point favorite on the road, and obviously they let. Baker Mayfield go 98 yards with no timeouts, so, so so much for the Raiders' defense. How the hell does, like, uh, we were talking about this morning, like, Russell Wilson has an offseason and then, you know, a whole season. The, the, the Broncos are averaging, like, what, like 15.8 points a game? Like, they're terrible. Uh-huh. Baker Mayfield spends two days with the L.A. Rams. He leads them on a 90-plus yard touchdown game-winning drive. How in the... Uh, the NFL, how do you figure out the NFL, Dave? Like it's so bizarre, it's so crazy. Well, I, you know, I said yesterday when I when I gave out the Rams as a possible option that you know here you have a Baker Mayfield that you know he obviously got bounced in Cleveland and probably had pressure in in Charlotte to go ahead and prove his worth and you know now he's got zero. So he can go out there and, and, you know, play like he did at Oklahoma because nobody cares. They expect him to throw six interceptions. And Russell Wilson, you know, I, I saw a stat yesterday where um, his his QBR was, you know, whatever. It was fairly high until he got hurt in Seattle. Uh, and, like, the I, I forget, the end of his last season a little bit. And his QBR when he came back was awful. Uh, and it's down where it is, like, right now. So I don't think Russell Wilson's the same guy. Yeah, he's the... Uh... He's kind of weird. 
Like he's really weird, Dave. Like beyond weird. Kind of strange guy, but that's fine. Good looking wife, though. Dave, what do we got coming up here for uh, your weekend? That is, as you're uh, getting record breaking heat down there in Florida, as we're getting pounded the snow. We got we got golf on the brain. What are we doing? Um, probably this afternoon. Yes, I mean, how many times do I get to play golf in shorts and a collared shirt in December? Only when you're setting heat records. You're really rubbing it in, aren't you, Dave? Uh, you know, it's it going to be like 80 or 81, something like that. I mean, what? I, I, it, yeah, oh, yeah. i got to move to Florida, man. That sounds nice. Sounds nice and balmy. You won't. You, you won't. Well, yeah. you, could, you, could, you could send your balls pretty much 365. I know. I'm missing it right now. Like, I don't know. Uh, like, yeah. It's cold out there, Dave. I feel like I was George Costanza. I'm in the pool, you know? Well, no. you know, we got a we got a heated pool, so if it gets below seventy five, you can still use it. God. Oh, hey, Dave. Before I let you go, um, anything on the NBA? Did you look at the Bucks at all tonight against the Mavericks? Did that get on your card at all? If not, don't worry about it. But I was just curious. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't looked at it yet. Okay. I, I was kind of kind of pissed at the NBA because I lost last night by a bucket. And <laughs> just kind of foolish, so. Hey, Giannis is on a tear, man. He's doing something only Kareem Abdul Jabbar did. Uh, he's uh, for. Uh, 30 plus point game scored. So Giannis is, is crushing right now. He's a juggernaut. So get on the yeah, green well, free trade. I mean, those, 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 those guys, I mean, I remember, I don't remember, but back when Will Chamberlain was playing and the Celtics used to beat him all the time because their philosophy was let him get his 70 and stop everybody else. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Giannis, the Greek freaks t- crushing Drew Holiday doing well. Chris Middleton back in that defense is nice. You know what, Dave? I, I don't even know the spread. Just throw a little something, something on the Bucks tonight, and if you lose, I'll, I'll cover it. Okay, I'll cover it for you. I'm, I'm, I'm in. All right, done. Max bet then. <laughs> I mean, that's my that's my always thing. If I, if I could do this with someone else's money. With a caveat, Max bet at ten bucks. All right, see you, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave, we love you, man. Have a great weekend. Good luck golfing, and uh, st- you know, stay in the AC. I'll I'll be shoveling, thinking about you. Yeah, you guys uh, be safe up there. Um, I'll be thinking of you. <laughs> As you sipping like some tropical drink. We love you, Dave. No, I'll, I'll take a picture and put it up for you. All right, sounds good. Not of you sunning your balls, though, okay? Uh, no, sir. I right, see you, buddy. <laughs> I love you. Much love. See you, Dave. Dave Esler. Uh, Esler. Dave underscore Esler. E-S-S-L-E-R. Nothing better than Pink Floyd, you MFers. This song is called uh, Money. M-O-N-E-Y. Money. Some people have it. Some people don't. Some people have somewhere in between. Rowdy, how much money do the Milwaukee Brewers have? In relation to what other teams in Major League Baseball are doing right now. Like the big three for the Yankees, they make over a billion dollars. They make more than the entire Miami Marlins organization. Is it the have and the have-nots in baseball, or is it the willing and unwilling to spend (laughs) to try and turn a profit? Now, this is the current number for the active payroll. The current payroll for the Milwaukee Brewers is... $42 $42 million. <laughs> that's a gas, man. Now, that's a little misleading because that does not take into account any of the players that are up for arbitration. Sure. So the players that are up for arbitration would be like your Brandon Woodruff's, Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas's. 
Eric Lowers, Adrian. It's like most of your roster. So granted, that $40 million is basically just talking about like Christian Yelich. It's talking about all the guys that are already uh, pre-arbitration that are basically making league minimum. So, yeah. Everyone else hasn't been really accounted for, for the most part, when we're we're talking about the uh, $42 million payroll. But with the projected arbitration cases and where they will settle, their current team roster, the projected total payroll right now after arbitration, would be about $112.5 million. Rowdy, uh, during winter meetings, in which other teams doled out more than $1.5 billion with the B to free agents over four days. This is from Adam McKelvey. Four days, $1.5 billion. New president of baseball operations, Matt Arnold, and manager Craig Council spoke about the challenge of trying to reach the same goal, but in an entirely different way. Craig Council said, quote, in our market, We've realized this is how we're going to have to operate. I don't always find it frustrating. I think it's the world we're in. I'm good with it. We're good with it. What it means is that our offseason doesn't look like the other team's offseason, and that's okay. He said, but I think we've shown, and everyone in our organization has shown, we can still find a way to put a really good team out on the field. You want to know what's hilarious? Yes, I do. The fact that we're talking about the Brewers' payroll currently is $42 million pre-arm. Should be about 112 and a half when it's all said and done. If they did not add to this roster after arbitration, the Mets before arbitration, they are number one in baseball. And before their arbitration cases are even settled, they have not even rounded out their entire entire 40 man roster. They are at over 255 and a half million. Oh, man. <sighs> okay. Is it, is it the Brewers just unwilling to spend money? To turn a bigger prop? Because you imagine if you spend more money right on better acquisitions, you, in theory, would have better players, therefore a better product on the field. More people would come to the ballpark, spend money, buy more merchandise. You would get more opportunities to have that happen, too, as you get to the playoffs in advance. More tickets, more money, more sales, more merchandise that you would then have a profit? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. But if I'm looking if I'm looking at these, the 30 Major League Baseball clubs, right? Pre-arbitration, again, currently payroll ranking, the Milwaukee Brewers are 24th out of 30. The teams that are below them are the Cleveland Guardians, who have an extremely young team, the Kansas City Royals, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Oakland Athletics. Now, granted, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just taking it all. They're right. going to pass some of the teams that are currently ahead of them, like the Miami Marlins, the Cincinnati Reds, the Washington Nationals, probably the Diamondbacks. They're going to pass those handful of teams once the arbitration hits, because the Brewers have a lot of their roster right now tied up in pre-arb cases. Yeah. So yeah, they'll they'll probably add what one, two, three, four, probably at least five slots on to being ahead of those teams, but that that still puts you in the bottom 10. Uh, what about, okay, so the Miami Marlins are And a lot of those teams bottom. are bad yeah. with extremely young players and or are rebuilding, so they have like league minimum type guys or prospects playing. They're not signing 
or have the Christian Yelich's of the world signed. They don't have the Brandon Woodruff's or the Corbin Burns or even the Jesse Winkers on their roster. So the Miami Marlins right are down there, right? I mean, the three. And I'm not asking the Brewers to go get an Aaron Judge. Like, no, I don't expect like, that's that. not happening. But the Miami Marlins are a third franchise. They have no money. They've won the World Series what twice? Ninety seven, two thousand three. Yep. <laughs> Why do the Brewers, in a chance in a window to do it? And again, I'm going to beat a dead horse here. You give up on a season and you sell away Josh Hader for nothing. You're the best relief pitcher in the game. You could have hung on to him till the end of the year and then done that. Yeah, and I totally I totally get that the Brewers can't spend money like the Mets. Yeah, they can't they spend can't. money like hap- the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox or ins- insert any other huge market that has big-time bank accounts. I, I get that. But, but I feel like they can spend a little bit more when they're in the window. Like, yes, we're not, that's we're what not, I'm saying. We're not asking to spend $200 million. I feel like they like obs- accepting mediocrity. And then they try to they try to polish a turd and say, "Hey, it's better than what it actually looks and smells like." Come on down and pay money. Come see us at American Family Field. Am I wrong in thinking that right now? I don't think so. Like I said, I would be I would be extremely happy if we looked up at the start of like last year's regular season or the start of we'll even say this year's regular season and the payrolls at 150 million dollars. And you have what? You're always what? Top fifteen, almost top that, top fifteen in attendance. We're on twelve usually. That one hundred and fifty million dollars at the start of the season is still a hundred and five million dollars currently behind the Mets roster, <laughs> and that's pre arbitration. Man, so it's not like it's not like we're sitting here saying yeah, the Brewers should get dole out. Three three hundred million contracts this offseason. They should have signed Trey Turner. They should have got Aaron Judge, and they should have signed Justin Verlander. No, no, they haven't done anything. But yes, they are one of like a handful of teams that have not made any true Major League Baseball signings. All right, phone banks are plowed right now. I'm not talking plowing outside. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Eric on I ninety. Oh, Eric, how we doing, dude? Many were wondering if you're okay with the snowstorm on I ninety. Eric? 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 I think we lost him. <laughs> the snowstorm got him. Line two, who's this? Terry from the north side. Okay, Terry, once, I know you get a little long here. Terry, one second, though. I just got to see. Uh, line three, who's this? Riddle me this, <laughs> Mr. Nelson. <laughs> hey, Dave. You're arguing and pissing and moaning about payrolls. Last time I checked the last 10 years, how many, world, how many playoff Yankees, Mets, Dodgers get the playoffs every year. Choke, San Diego. They all got three hundred million dollar payrolls. Mm, yeah. Give me, give me, give me Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Kansas City, Cleveland. All these teams make the playoffs consistently almost every year. I'd rather have a team like Milwaukee make the playoffs. You know, you guys keep pissing more and crying about payroll. Well, Dave, it's, it's, it's not about pissing more about payroll. It's just the willingness to just do something. Yeah, and I don't know where you're they coming. At, I don't what? know where you're coming at with the Braves pre-arb. They're in the top five. Yeah, now. Yeah, because they're in their window to win. They're spending money. No, pre pre winning, this team was where when they when they put the team together. Winning money, spending money does not equate to winning. Dave, they're not even spending money. They're not doing anything. 
They you just, you just said that the Braves weren't spending money when they were putting this all together. Yeah, because they, they were building. That, and the Brewers weren't spending money either, but then when they had the opportunity to spend they when they sold, built they it, they didn't sold. do it. They, they sold they away the greatest the player on the, in, in, the, in Josh Hader. They still made the playoffs every year. Not this year. They were the number. They were not leading. This year. This and, year and that's always, many more to come, David. You guys are always thinking. That's because we don't. We're not Bears fans going to 1985 every year. We're not Cubs fans jerking off the 2016. How many playoffs? How many playoffs has Milwaukee made the last six years? I'll say last year they make the playoffs. What more do you want? Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Dave, you here's know. what I want: the year that just happened. You don't sell the best player in Josh Hader and give well, up on the season. I want a World Series. Well, that's unrealistic. And well, what if you're a Dodgers fan every year? Dave, they're one of the top dudes in the They do it when they had Hader. How many, how many World Series uh, the Dodgers, Yankees, and uh, San Diego have? Before the COVID year, they did, had 1988 was their last one, I do believe. That's right. Yeah. Dave, my reasoning money. would be if if what you say is true and it's not realistic to ever hope to see a World World Series by the Milwaukee Brewers, why the hell should I even ever cheer for this team? Why, why did they ever put a a team in Milwaukee, the Kansas city Royals, they stink. They don't have any money. They've won two world series. I see Tampa Bay and Kansas city and Cleveland, Atlanta, all these teams don't spend money. uh, Florida, they've all won world series, but they, but but they make it. Okay. How, okay. How many of the Dodgers won outside of COVID? They spend money. Nelson. How about the Yankees? You're you're naming teams that have all won world series, Dave. They haven't even been to the World Series. You got to get. You're talking about World Series. You're talking about the Yankees compared to the the New York many, Yankees compared to the Dodgers or the Brewers. The, last, the Yankees. Last five years, how many World Series have the Yankees been in the last five years? Dave, zero they're the New zero. York Yankees. They spend. Oh. That's right. And how many times they've been to the World Series? Dave, they've won the World Series twenty-seven how? times. <laughs> twenty-seven. You're thinking like the 1930s, like your mentality in your 40s. The Dave. last five years, guys. I just want one. I just want one. Just one. Well, of course you do. I mean, you got Terry on the line. We, we got uh, I know. We, I got the Rangers. Right, we love you, Dave. See you, buddy. Much love. Switches. Uh, who's this? Line four? I'm sorry. I was just taking a bite of my apple. One second, Nathan. All right, Terry, get your spiel in quick. We have the Razor's Edge coming up. I have you hold the yeah, line. I will make it quick. I think the key is, number one, is the reason you have went to a World Series, number one is because of your manager. But number two is, if you take a look at the Cubs, for example, uh, the Ricketts the own the north side of Chicago, more or less. The Yankees, you pay in $30, $40 a month to watch their games on TV. You know, all the above. So that's where the money and the payroll are coming in. Plus, the one thing, Wisconsin, and I don't care, even the Packers, to an extent, your jersey sales are nowhere near like other teams are. Well, everyone and has a Rodgers jersey. Everyone has a, you know, like, they're all I mean, players that, I, forever. Yeah, but how much do they pay to get them? They go to Walmart and get them for what, 10 bucks? I mean, you can. You can go to the thing. NFL Pro Shop and get them 180 too. Yeah, but I mean. Get them from think, China for 20 You don't think the Yankees are going to make their money back, Evo, by selling. Um, what? No, I never said that. The Yankees, the Yankees know what they're doing. I've never said anything about the Yankees not making their money back. I just want the birds to spend money is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Because it, first of all, you said this a couple of weeks ago. The owners, without one person in the stand, could have lasted three years. That was, that, that was that's that's factual. That's true. Yes. Yeah, and, and the problem is the Brewers and trading Hater was the most stupidest thing yeah. you guys have yeah. ever done. 
Yes, I don't think anyone called them smart for doing that, outside of some uh, Brewers beat-writing shills. But then, Ebo Nelson, you have to uh, get out of here with this. You guys are the only state baseball team in America that'll sell $6 tickets. I highly doubt that. Six buck tickets, I believe. Isn't it every every Wednesday home game six buck? That was uh, at the end of the year for a final promotion for like two weeks. Yeah, but don't they also do that during the regular season on Wednesday afternoon game? And, yeah, I think you go to a lot yeah, of ballparks I mean, and get cheap tickets, games. Terry. In the, I mean, in, the, in the week week games. What I'm just saying is, you guys get to see every Burr game on TV. I, I, I don't. Team. I don't get belly sports. I, I listen to radio on WOZ. <laughs> anyway. But the main reason you guys haven't went to a World Series is because of your manager. And that's a I mean, that's the thing. I don't think Nelly will argue with that one. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you go back to the Dodgers series. Yeah, we live it here. was totally mismanaged. Yep, go Cubs. See you later, buddy. And this is the thing, to put a bow on this segment. I'm not asking the Brewers to spend money every single year and, and go above and beyond every single year. But when you're in your window and you have a year or two where it says... Big, huge, you know, finger pointing right to spend in 2022, spend in 2021, and go all in because that's the year that you have a real shot at doing it. Do it. They sold. Instead, you sold and you punted on your window. Again, I don't ask them to fork out all this money every single year to put a a championship contender on there. But when it's in the window and you have a year or two in that window... Do it. Yes. That's, or why that's, should I be a fan? Just do it. Don't sell. All right, Razor's Edge next. The, by the way, again, 27 World Series. No bitching here. Miss this guy. Love this guy. Dan at Best Fight Picks on Twitter. Half the battle is podcast. Got UFC 282 on the way. Dan, what's up, dude? Oh, uh, man, doing amazing. Doing even better now that y'all called. How's it going, gentlemen? Well, besides the, uh, the, the pounding of snow we are getting right now, I'm doing great. How about you, Rowdy? Yeah, I'm excited. We haven't had you on. Some of them being my fault. We've been busy. Maybe <laughs> forgot to call once or twice. But I, I, I'm glad we're back all discussing UFC 282. Yeah, how uh, stoked. Well, real quick, catch us up on life, Dan. Uh, how you been living, man? What's, new? What's good? What's new? Been living great. I mean, did y'all want to talk about UFC or did y'all want to talk about how it's 75 degrees where I am and y'all get a snowstorm <laughs> where y'all are? Are you, uh, you, you're in Atlanta, correct? Yes, sir. The ATL. Um, how about this? I'm going to go outside and scream into the abyss to try to make some snow come your way. Uh, 75 is just too warm for you. Just, it just, you're, you're probably having too nice of a day. So I got to send some snow your way. All right. A virtual handshake. <laughs> hey, how's, uh, how's the jujitsu going and you're still getting your Brazilian steak? Oh, all the time, man. I mean, listen, once you find these hole-in-the-wall, authentic Brazilian spots, you just don't go back, man. The chains don't even, you know, compare to the real thing. And you actually have to learn a couple words in Portuguese if you want to have any success ordering at these spots. You know what I mean, man? So, yeah, it's a, it's a must. I know one. Gaucho. More meat. I think Mas meat. Is that close enough? Does that work for Portuguese? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I think you'll get the job done. <laughs> probably, uh, please leave, sir. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Dan, UFC 282 on the way. Rowdy, main card is what? Yeah, you have Jan Blahovich taking on Magomed Angolaev. And this one should be a pretty good one. I, I think it's going to be a better fight than what it's actually lined at. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I hope you're wrong because I bet Nagelman ain't alive, so I hope it's as one-sided as possible. But, <laughs> at, but at the end of the day, man, I do agree with you that, you know, a lot of people are saying that Ankle Live is a boring fighter, and I guess as a fan I can see where they're coming from, but honestly, I think it all comes down to the opponent. You know, if you want to sit back and you're content to play a counter-heavy game, he's not going to take any unnecessary risks, which is what we love as betting men. I mean, we love a guy that is just going to do exactly what he needs to do to win the fight. He's not going to do anything stupid. He's not going to press the issue. He's not going to force things. But if the fight comes to him, if you decide you want to turn this into a fight, well, that's when he goes out there and gets his highlight reel finishes. And I know for a fact his opponent, Jan Blahovich, the former champion, he's going to make this a fight. So I agree with you. It's going to be exciting. No, this was a vacated one, right? There was a big injury, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah, and the guy that vacated the belt, Yuri Prohaska, one of the most exciting champions we've had in a while. So it was kind of unfortunate. But, you know, what a, what a commendable human being to be like, I don't want to hold up the division. So when I come back, I'll fight for the title. But in the meantime, y'all can sort things out. So, Dan, uh, moving on, like, there's been this guy, like, I see him on, like, the Instagram reels. I see him, you know, on the Facebook videos, uh, you know, Twitter videos. He's a, definitely a, a very curious and interesting dude to listen to talk, especially when he's not fighting. He's eating everything in sight and ballooning up all big and fat, and he's got to cut his weight. That would be Patty the Batty Pimblet. Uh, Patty the Batty going against Jared Gordon. What What's the vibe as like a casual guy that I am, Rowdy's the more of the the into it one, the casual guy I am. Like Patty the Batty, he entertains me just because of what he says and what he does. Like as the guy that's like hardcore into it, what's the vibe on Patty the uh, Patty the Batty? I like him, man. I mean, it's interesting because he's at that point right now where a lot of the hardcore fans are calling him overrated. And as, and as a result, he's actually underrated because, (laughs) you know, everybody for whatever reason, they love to hate on the guy that's getting all the attention. That's got the big mouth, but I mean, the kid can fight too. You know, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be a champion. I'm not sitting here making any bold claims, but the guy is definitely not a scrub. And uh, you need guys like this in the sport, so I'm excited for his fight. Yeah, the haircut, the haircut's the I think the most intriguing thing. Um, yeah, I think we gotta get Rowdy to get a haircut like that. Rowdy, to have something for? I, de- I don't think I'll ever rock a haircut like that because like I don't like think for, it looks great on him, and it definitely won't look good on me. It's like he just came over on the plane with the Beatles, like when the British invasion. That's what it, <laughs> it kind of looks you like. Got, to you got to be a confident individual to rock a haircut <laughs> like that. You know, at my at my gym. There's a kid that came in with a mullet, and I was like, dude, you got to be super confident to be rocking the mullet. So same thing with the bowl cut. And on a, on a side note, gentlemen, <laughs> this this just crossed my mind. So last time I was on the show, it was like a month or two ago, right? Yeah. And you asked me, do I think the liver king is all natural? Ha! And I yeah. And I said – Hell no, he's not all natural. No, yeah. And uh, it turns out that if I'm not going to be right about anything else this year, at least I was right about that. Well, oh, dude, the first time I ever saw the Liver King, I'm like, and he said he was natty. I'm like, there is no way in hell that this guy is a natty. But I'll give him credit because I'll never do this. Go out and eat raw liver and raw testicles and raw kidneys. <laughs> I would never, a raw heart. I, that's a no for me. But yeah, if anyone who ever thought this guy was a natty, like they need to go get their eyes checked because as soon as you see this guy, he's like going to pop with steroids. He still puts in the work, though. He's still huge, but, you know. 
Ben, you're, yeah. you're spot on. You're a smart individual. That's why we have you on. Going back to the fighting, though, Dan, I think the Jared Gordon is going to be a test for all of, like you say, the hardcore fans that kind of want to see Patty Pimblett get tested. Like, he's a guy that he's not a top 15 fighter, but he's all right, and he can wrestle a little bit. I think if he goes in there and just completely starches Jared Gordon, I think a lot more people will start to come around to Patty. Rowdy, you want to go back to the fighting? You don't want to talk about the liver king? Rowdy's not a liver king guy. <laughs> I never I'm was. Just, I'm, I'm just, just sitting kidding, here bro. going, this guy's a turd. <laughs> I like, I like the liver big, king. He's a very big turd. I like the liver king. He's, he's, he's funny. He's not natty, no, but he's funny. No, nah, but, I mean, you bring up a valid point, man. I mean, listen, Jared Gordon, it, it, you know, there's a massive difference between him and the guys that Patty's been fighting. I mean, the last guy that Patty fought was a grown man that twerks. And, you know, I try to tell <laughs> you guys, I try to tell anybody that would listen, no grown man that twerks is beating Patty Pimblett in a fight. Um, and Jared Gordon is actually a respectable individual. So I agree, this is going to be a tougher fight. I, that's a good code to live by, Dan. No grown man that twerks is going to win in a fight. I think I agree with you on that one. Hey, Rowdy, tell Dan the one that you were sniffing out here, this, uh, this one fighter that you really like. Yeah, so the one that, and Dan and I off air talked a little bit about this, but I really like Bryce Mitchell. I think that's a guy that... He's just a grinder. Like he, in my opinion, he's a he's a really good wrestler. He, he can. He never really gets off of the wrestling. Like he can continuously wrestle for fifteen minutes, which is way harder than what a lot of people that don't know anything or have never done that can actually do. And you know, I have some doubts about Taporia. I, I his conditioning, his wrestling. I don't know if they're as good as uh, what are advertised. Yeah, I mean, listen, Bryce Mitchell's a stud, man, and I love that style. Just like you were talking about, the guy's relentless. The guy doesn't get away from what brought him to the dance. He knows exactly where his strengths lie, and those are the kind of guys I like to bet on. So I agree with you. The only thing is, man, when I watched tape on his opponent, I was like, this might be a tough stylistic matchup because the Tapori kid can also wrestle, but he's got one-punch knockout power in both of his hands and uh, seems like a force, man. So, you know... At first, before I looked into it, I wanted to bet Bryce. Then I looked into it, and I wanted to bet Taporia. Now the fight's getting close. I'm kind of probably just want to sit back and enjoy it as a fan and take notes and see who's going to move up the rankings. Uh, Dan, uh, joining us right now, if I'm on Twitter, at Best Fight Picks is uh, podcast, Half the Battle. Uh, awesome stuff. Go, uh, go subscribe and get into it. Dan, uh, what about you personally? I already picked the fight out. What about you looking at this card that you're like, I like this, I can get some money on this? Anyone else twerking on this list that you can bet against? You know, <laughs> you know, guys, I, I hate to be Mr. After the Fact. and I already bet Magomedanka leave, but I got him, you know, 50 cents better than what the line currently nice is now. Um, so, But here's the thing. I'll tell you what spots I'm eyeing. I've only moved it on Anka live so far, but I'll tell you what spots I'm looking at that I might potentially move in on, and that's uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. You know, he's not the guy that he once was, but I still think he's – got the goods to beat this specific opponent. There's also Billy Quarantillo. I think that if he can drag his opponent into deep waters, you know, I don't think, I think his opponent's going to need to bring some floaties to swim in those deep waters, man, especially if they go to the depths of the sea. I don't think that the guy he's fighting is ready, but the issue is the early going might be a little bit sketchy. And then also this kid, Joaquin Buckley, if he can, you know, kind of play it on the outside and rack up the volume, I think he can come out here and win a decision. So those are three spots I'm eyeing. It's funny that you bring up one of those fights because I feel like if this was 20, 
2018-2019, Alexander Hernandez is probably the minus 165 favorite. Yeah, you know, it's just a situation where he, he's been exposed, man. And, uh, you know, a lot of his early success, you know, he copped the Neil Darius in 30 seconds. And, you know, they talk about how, you know, with, well, these guys fight 10 times, what happens? And that's literally a situation where the Neil Darius beats him 9 out of 10 times. And the one time they did fight was a fluke. And as a result, I mean, if you want any evidence that it was a fluke, well, Benil Darius is pretty close to fighting for a title, and Alex Hernandez is on the prelims, man. So, yeah, I, I think that, listen, that's why you can't confidently say that someone wins a fight 10 times out of 10 because they're still, they still got to get into a fist fight. They're still, you know, four-ounce gloves, and anybody can go down. So that's why, you know, that's why we're not putting our whole bank rolls, our whole bank accounts. That's why we're not, hitting, we're not sitting here making, you know, outlandish claims. That's why you got to exercise proper money management because, Anything can happen at the end of the day. And if you truly knew, we'd all be millionaires by now, right? <laughs> right. Well, I brought up Alexander Hernandez being overrated. And another guy that I think has been overrated for a long time, Darren Till. He's <laughs> He is on this card, and he seems like he's been on quite a few cards here lately in the last year and then never ends up fighting. But I, I've always felt like Darren Till is overrated. Yeah, it's just like Alexander Hernandez. Like it's literally just like it. I mean, he he's got a puncher's chance, of course. Let me ask you all both something. Why not? Why don't we play a little bit of trivia here? Yep. What do you guys think the most amount of significant strikes Darren Till has ever landed in a UFC fight is? Let me both of y'all guess, please. I'm gonna go with seventy five. All right, seventy five. And what's your guess, brother? Man, the way that you kind of framed it, I feel like it's gonna be. A, I'll go sixty nine. Oh, he's trying to price right me. Well, he's, I, thought, I feel like it's going to be less. Like it's low <laughs> you know, guys like Max Holiday could have like 200. I went 69, a nice number. <laughs> All right, you, you guys ready for this? So in 11 UFC fights, the most significant strikes that Darren Till has ever landed is 49, gentlemen. <laughs> 49. So basically what I'm trying to say is, this guy is not an output machine. This guy is very reliant on big moments. He's got to hurt his opponent. He's got to finish his opponent if he wants to win. Because if that doesn't happen, I mean, unless this guy comes out here a brand new man, which I don't foresee happening, you know, in his 12th UFC fight. Um, I mean, I think it was a case just like we were talking about with Alex Hernandez comes out the gates firing high. You know, his his ego's on top of the world. The guy can't be touched, but as soon as, you know, he was brought back down to reality, you know, it was a big wake-up call, and you realize that, you know, maybe the hype wasn't quite warranted. So back to the stylistic matchup, you know, he's got to finish his opponent to win this fight because his, his opponent, Drikas Duplessis, when speaking about significant strikes, his last fight he landed 112 significant strikes. Damn. So that's more than... I mean, it is an exaggeration, but that's more than Darren Till all his fights combined, right? So I'm just saying, his career. Right? But, but yeah, exactly. So it's one of those situations where, you know, Till needs that fight-changing moment. Hey, Dan, before I let you go, I have two questions. Uh, number one, yeah. so uh, yesterday with Dana White saying that Conor McGregor not retiring anytime soon likely might face uh, Michael Chandler. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great matchup for Conor. Um the thing is, I was really looking forward to betting against Connor when he comes back because, you know, the guy doesn't have any, he doesn't have that why anymore, right? Yeah. Like he, isn't he, he like already, bigger now, too? Like, isn't he, like, speaking yeah, of he, someone he, that's maybe not natural? <laughs> yeah. is, he, is he natty? 
See, Nanny? Yeah, he's on, he's on the Liver King uh, supplement. Uh, <laughs> he's on the no, peptides? He's, yeah. he's, he's been uh, harvesting in the Garden of Life fruits and vegetables. You know what I mean? so, uh, liver King uh, doesn't I, need fruits and vegetables. Just, that's just, he just eats liver. Liver is king. Primals. I don't know. If you look at what Conor McGregor Primals. looks at lately, I don't think he's eating any vegetables or anything either. He's just eating steroids. <laughs> oh, it's the kind of synthetic vegetables that he gets injected into his backside. So. Cucumbers? I, I think, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, excuse me, what? Yeah. So, I mean, you're no. excited to bet against him then is the moral of the story here coming up? The thing is, if Chandler wasn't such a, you know, doofus, man, he's Chandler <laughs> redlines every single fight, man. I mean, it's like he tries to run through a brick wall every single fight. I mean, if the guy had any kind of smarts, because it's funny, you hear him talk, he's a college-educated individual. You're like, oh, yeah, I like this guy, but the way he fights, he, he fights like a... No, he, he, like he a doofus. The out there. Like a doofus. Exactly. See, man, my so. biggest thing with Conor McGregor, though, it's like the guy hasn't—he hasn't felt like he's been hungry. He doesn't have the why since right? basically uh, maybe the Alvarez fight. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, you, you know, you know when that was. You know when that was. 2018, 2017. Uh, about tw- twenty sixteen. Yeah, really? Wow. Exactly. It's yeah. been forever ago. Who do, is this guy? All right. So Dan, last question. Before I ask you the last question, how can everyone and anyone out there get your amazing uh, content that you put out there? How can they get? How can they get it? Well, firstly, gentlemen, you know it's always a pleasure to be on here. So I want to thank y'all for having me, and also thank you to you know the listeners as well. Um, I'm on Twitter at Best Fight Picks, and my podcast Half the Battle is available anywhere podcasts are found. Just type in Half the Battle, and you'll find me. Now, here's my last question: You were all over Liver King not being a natty. Joe Rogan has recently called out a certain individual, the most electrifying man in all professional sports. Dan from Best Fight Picks, is The Rock a natty, yay or nay? I mean, it depends if you consider his anabolic cream natural. (laughs) So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't think The Rock is natural either, unfortunately. He's a good guy, though. Yeah, you think eating like 30 tilapia fish a day doesn't get you that physique? You gotta have a little little tea in there, a little peptide, a little... Yeah, I mean, all, all he's doing is eating rags and doing push-ups. You know, that's all I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just have one statement. I got a new fighter. I got a new favorite fighter, Dan. Okay. It's single Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what her DMs are looking like. Full. Dan, we love you, buddy. All right, gentlemen. Thank you all so much. <laughs> have, a, have a good one. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs>